Welcome to the Space Podcast, the hub of curiosities and visions about space, Earth, and life. My name is Francesco Cirillo, and I will investigate with you the connections between what we see and what we perceive. And this is a special edition of the Space Podcast, as it is the first episode of the Pioneers series. Here, we will commemorate the stories and the success of those who have remarkably marked the mankind history in space. In this episode, we will explore the life and the achievements of the first German cosmonaut, Sigmund Werner Paul Yen. Так, в Казахстанской степи завершается космическая одиссея первого космонавта ГДР Зигмунда Йена и его командира Валерия Быковского. It's a rough, tired and proud voice, the one that addressed the cherishing crowd gathered at the DDR Zentralflughafen Berlin-Schönefeld on the early morning of Thursday, September the 21st, 1978. This is the voice of Sigmund Yin, the German cosmonaut who spent 7 days, 20 hours and 49 minutes in space, becoming the first German hero to reach the stars. This is the highest point of a personal and national challenge begun in 1937 in a small village in the eastern German land of Saxony. However, it wasn't an easy start. As the later cosmonaut affirmed, his first memories of a plane was the Allied bombers on their way to drop their payloads on Germany toward the end of the Second World War. The painful memories of the devastating bombing down to his country didn't stop young Sigmund to dream of becoming a pilot one day. Born in a humble and working-class family, in a country destroyed by the war and now conquered by foreign powers, Jens destiny, as well as the ones of many others, seemed already written. In the early 50s, he was just one of the many pupils busy attending his hometown classes, studying to become a printer for the Deutsche Demokratische Republik, a stronghold for the communist bloc, where there was no room for dreams or ambition. But not for Sigmund. Jeder von uns wurde von Erregung gepackt, als er hörte oder erlebte, wie Westdeutschlands Jugend die Zonengrenzen sprengte. After his diploma in 1954, he led the Boy Scout group of pioneers in the small village of Hamebroke, thinking at how his future may look like. The year later, 1955, the 18 years old printer took his chances throwing the dice during his military service duty. He applied to join the GDRI force, where he successfully graduated as a young officer in 1956. That year, he joined the 8th Fighter Squadron squadron in Neuhardenberg, 55 kilometers east of Berlin. Late 50s and early 60s, however, were not easy times for a combat pilot, as the alarms of the Cold War were thundering and roaring across the world. 
Nonetheless, the tension, the risks and the fears. In 1961, the young pilot reached the rank of Deputy Political Commissar Squadron Commander and in 1965 he was appointed in charge of eye tactics and eye shooting. But that wasn't even close enough to Zygmunt's goal. Jens was clearly gifted. He was a talented pilot, strong in his body and his mind, loyal to the country and to the party. Thanks to such, he was selected in 1966 to join the high-profile Yuri Gagarin Air Force Academy in Monino, 23 kilometers east of Moscow, and become an elite member of the Air Force within the Communist bloc. Such devotion to the country and to the cause is not, however, to be mistaken with any kind of fanaticism. As many tributed to him afterwards, it was about science and cooperation rather than military actions and extremism. Yuri Gagarin the possibility to attend Gagarin's academy was a real game-changer, the key which led the supposed-to-be printer into the cosmos. For four years, Zygmunt worked hard, very hard. He wanted to stand out, to succeed, to make his country proud of him, and to do so he leveraged on another natural talent, his Russian. According to many witnesses, his proven experience in aviation, the deep understanding of Mother Russia and its I-Force organization, and his knowledge of Dostoevsky and Tolstoy language almost predestinated him for his future career as a cosmonaut. After graduating in military science at the Soviet Academy, he went back to Germany working for six years between 1970 to 1976 as Air Force Chief of Staff in charge of fighter planes, pilot education and aviation security, ranking as Lieutenant Colonel. His window of opportunity opened up on July 1976 when the East German Air Force opened the first position to become a cosmonaut. Yen, without blinking an eye, applied straight away because he knew he was the man. After five months of tests and beating the competition of several hundred suitable experienced pilots personally interviewed by the Lieutenant General Wolfgang Reinhold, at the time the Vice Minister of Defense and the Commander-in-Chief of the Essen German Air Force, Sigmund Yen was selected as one of the final four comrades entitled to prove themselves, becoming the first German to join the Soviet cosmonauts on the Salute 6. Since November the 10th, 1976, and for two weeks more, the four pilots underwent further tests at the Centre Patkatovke Kosmonautov, known as the Tsar City in the Western world. There, their physical and mental strength, their ability and resistance were put under extreme pressure to identify the best amongst them. Once more, Sigmund Yen, along with Ebera Kölner as a backup, was selected as the best candidate and began his training on December the 6th, 1976. Now, after 21 years of dedication, commitment, doubts and hopes, the path to reach the stars become eventually clear. Валерий Быковский был среди шести летчиков, отобранных для полета в космос, и прошел всю подготовку рядом с Гагарином. Intercosmos 31 or Intercosmos 31. This was Yen's mission name. 
It was part of the Soviet program designed to bring to space the USSR allied countries. The mission commander was the experienced Valery Fedorovich Bikovsky, and the aim of their mission was to dock and resupply the Salyut 6 and run biological and medical experiments alongside the station's long-duration crew. It may seem a routine expedition, but not for Sigmund, as he had the weight and the eyes of the entire Germany on his shoulders. Within the vast range of experiments conducted by Yin during his mission, like the ones about gravity, psychology and noise perception limits, his presence gave the opportunity to bring on board the Carl Zeiss MKF-6M camera, a multispectral camera with six lenses for photographing the Earth's surface from space. Once back, he turned the discoveries of his experiments into the subject of his dissertation, which he finalized at the Central Institute for Geophysics in Potsdam, where, in 1983, he received the long-awaited doctorate in remote sensing of the Earth. During the almost eight-day-long flight and the 125 orbits around the planet, Yin, like many other cosmonauts and astronauts, had the opportunity to look at our home simply as one strange rock. As he himself said afterwards, what I saw then was a total happiness. Our Earth, shining in bright blue, just like a dream. 3. September 1978, der erste Forschungskosmonaut der DDR, Oberst Sigmund Jähn und sein sowjetischer Kommandant, Oberst Dr. Valery Bukowski, landen mit dem Sigmund Jähn returned on Earth September the 3rd, 1978. The Intercosmos 31 was his first and only mission in space. Upon his return, it headed the S. Germany Army's Cosmonaut Training Center near Moscow until German unification in 1990. Following the fall of the Berlin Wall and the reunification of the country, he consulted for the DLR, the German Aerospace Center, and the ESA, the European Space Agency, training five other Germans for their missions to the Mir Space Station. Haben Sie eine Frage für Wissenschaftler, die die Perspektive der Raumfahrt werten? Ich bin der Ansicht, dass man Despite his records and awards, like the title of the Hero of the GDR, Hero of the Soviet Union, streets, squares and buildings named after him, its central role in forming the Association of Space Explorers in 1985, it remained always modest and thus respected by many. He died aged 82, September the 21st, 2019. That day, Pascale Ehrenfreund, the DLR chair, affirmed, the first German in space always understood himself as a bridge builder between East and West in his advocacy for the peaceful use of space. With such spirit and admiration, we want to remember one of the most iconic space pioneers of the 21st century, Sigmund Jen. Das ist einfach ein logischer Schritt, den die Menschheit noch deutlicher als vorher spürt, dass sie eben nicht nur schön ist, diese, dieser blaue Planet, Yuri Gagarins und Hermann Dieter. And that's it for Sigmund Jens' special edition of the Space Podcast. Such editions want to commemorate and share the stories of those who have remarkably marked the mankind history in space. And if you like to comment, add another angle or suggest a new topic, please do write and follow us on Twitter and Facebook and subscribe our iTunes and Spotify channels. From me, Francesco Cirillo, that's all. Thank you, goodbye and enjoy your space.